Welcome to the Recovery Lab podcast. We're glad you were able to join us. Recovery Lab hopes to destigmatize addiction and normalize recovery. Our platform provides an avenue to share the many stories of those that have recovered from addiction, providing for the listener the most basic antidote to addiction. Hope. All right, everybody, we're back. This is episode number 48 of the Recovery Lab podcast. I'm Drew Hassan. I'm Daniel Anderson. We are the Recovery Lab. You already knew that because you tuned in. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Did I already say episode 48? I think you did, but we'll say it again just to reiterate. It's worth saying twice. Absolutely. 48. That's two away from 50. Would you have believed that? Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Things are happening. Rocking and rolling. So you can see we're joined today by... Casper. No, just kidding. <laughs> this is our second episode of just Daniel and me chatting. And in the last episode, we asked everybody, uh, look, submit some questions or propose topics. If you had something you would like to hear about. And, uh, quite frankly, I was impressed with the turnout over a hundred people, a hundred people from all over the world reached out with questions. Um, and we have selected a uh, a few of them to talk about today. Um, so just, I mean, we had people, we had a young lady reach out from India. Um, we had people from the East Coast, the West Coast, here locally in the uh, Madison Ridgeland area. Um, Look, not only is the internet amazing, but I mean, just the being able to reach people that far right. and is significant. With a little computer like this. Yeah, you know? it's right there. It's pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Go TikTok. Absolutely. And your Chinese communist yeah, government. Yeah, and also, if, uh, if, if you're wanting to uh, start your own podcast, by all means, you can reach out. Um, Audio Alchemy Productions is who is helping us with, uh, uh, it is with why this podcast. So. We sound as good as we do. Yeah, so you get something to read there? I do. What's that all Again, about? Again, today's episode is brought to you by Audio Alchemy Productions. Oh, wow. They will help you unlock the power of your voice. Craft your podcast masterpiece. You get professional production, captivating storytelling, and unrivaled, unrivaled <laughs> sound quality. Unbelievable. Elevate your message. Get it out there. Why wait? Why wait? Why yeah. wait? We have go on um, and do it. Yeah, we we've I've actually got um, our first uh, podcast uh, for a uh, a gentleman here in uh, here locally. Came and recorded with us last week, and um, we're rocking and rolling. It's going to be a um, a real estate investors podcast, and they're going to bring some incredible content to you every week. We're actually in talks with um, uh, another individual who is in an industry that is uh, up and coming, and it will be, if this materializes, it will be um, the first locally produced uh, podcast of its uh, kind for that for that so uh, um, you know we are that market yeah we are pretty pretty excited about the the possibilities uh, surrounding that so yeah if uh, if you've got any questions or want to start a podcast um, there's no upfront fees for you um, and we have plans that will fit any budget any budget scalability is yes, what that's called exactly so what I, I, I love podcasting. I love helping people. 
And it just so happens that we have this beautiful, incredible space to use. Um, so if, if you have, if you've been thinking about an idea for something that you think that other people would, would enjoy listening to, give me a call, shoot me a text, 601-672-6591. And, uh, we'll talk about, uh, don't delay. Yeah, absolutely. So without further ado, I think it's timely that we go ahead and start on our questions. You want to start one of yours? Yeah, I don't mind. Okay. So what I, what we did was we split the questions up. I don't, I have not actually talked to Daniel about this. I just kind of reworded mine to kind of take out some of the superfluous language and, but, but, but stay faithful to what the, the question that was asked. Perfect. All right. So Sherry asks, where's Sherry from? Did, did I she didn't, say? I didn't copy that okay. part of the emails. So Sherry asks, my brother is an addict. How can I get him to stop? And I mean, as heartbreaking as this answer is, Sherry, I don't think you can. Uh, Daniel and I both have some experience in uh, Al-Anon, and it really is a, you get to a point where you have to, it's my new favorite phrase, detach with love. (laughs) Right. And... (laughs) It's beautiful. I, I mean, I just, I think back on when I was using and the people that were around me that wanted me to stop. I Look, if there were a series of words that they could have said to me that would have made me stop, I certainly, I would be, I would have a billboard with those words on it mm-hmm. so that they would be said to other people. Right. There's no magic words. Uh, there's no magic Right. There's there's seemingly no rhyme or reason to how long the active addict will persist in their folly, right? right. You know, they're going to keep going until they reach whatever point it is that makes them think this is not sustainable. Right. And it is different for every person. Uh, so Sherry, just hang in there and don't enable your brother right and sherry um thank you so much for reaching out and this is a question that a lot of people deal with and a lot of our listeners and viewers um are intimately involved with somebody who is uh if you know active in addiction and like drew said Al-Anon is a wonderful resource um it, it has taught me how to um deal with a lot of things that are out of my control. And ultimately that was my problem. Um, and, and that's the problem of folks that, that, uh, commonly deal with loved ones that are in active addiction is wanting to control the situation and, and not in a bad way. I mean, you want to control them because you know that drugs and alcohol are bad for them and they need to stop using drugs and alcohol. And you're not wrong about that. Right. They do you, need to stop. You just want to shake them. And right. that's where Al-Anon really comes in beautifully is it does it, it. It it teaches you, first of all, it gives you a support network of people, like-minded people that are dealing with the exact same thing that you are dealing with. Um, and and it, it teaches you how to detach with love, like you said. And that is a very powerful, 
powerful phrase. We can, you know, something that I always heard was you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. Well, the same is true with, with the, the, uh, loved one that's active in an addiction. Um, you can, you can show them rehab. You can say you need to go to AA. You can lay everything down at their feet, but if they're not ready, they're not going to do it. And, um, you know, that's where it's important that, um, we, work on ourselves um, and learn how to deal with the feelings that we are struggling with regarding this other individual. And what Al-Anon teaches us is, is how to do just that, how to um, work with, with ourselves to be able to get to a point where suddenly we are okay with the fact that they are not okay. And when we can reach that point where, hey, you know, this person is not well, they are sick, they are ill, but I know that I am completely and utterly powerless over this situation. And when you can learn to sit comfortably with that discomfort, suddenly you're, you, you are blessed with an incredible amount of freedom um, to be able to love this person from a distance and detach with love. So um, thank you again for reaching out with this question. Um, you can search uh, you can go on, I don't know what area you're from, but um, there is an Al-Anon meeting anywhere and everywhere in the world. And on just Zoom. About, yeah. And if you're not within driving distance of an Al-Anon meeting, there are countless, hundreds upon hundreds of Zoom Al-Anon meetings that you can hop on every single day, seven days a week. And I do feel a sense of obligation to tell Sherry. I had a guest on early who's uh, you can search for the episode and I don't recall if I said his name was Zach or Zed, but the gentleman's name is Zach and he has a nickname Zed, but part of his, he's a a therapist, a local therapist here. And part of his, part of the services he offers is codependency treatment. And a lot of the issues that Sherry, that you're dealing with stem from and are related to codependency. So I don't know that I'm the most learned to talk about it, but you could listen to some of Zed's, Zed's episode. He's super interesting, super knowledgeable, and then maybe determine if you wanted to reach out to him for additional information. Right. And if you would like to, all of his information is listed on recoverylabllc.com under uh, recovery resources. Excellent. All right, moving on. Moving on. Okay. So this was, this kind of blew me away. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, This person, uh, their name is Punjabi P. um, And they are from Mumbai, India. No way. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Um, No lies. No lies. And if you're, if you're listening right now, Punjabi, um, thank you so much for reaching out. Um, I can't tell you how much it means that uh, that you're listening and and uh, trying to trying to uh, uh, move forward. So um, the question that uh, Punjabi asked was, have you encountered any surprising or inspiring stories during your time hosting this podcast? Could you share one that sent that stands out? Yeah, absolutely. One of probably the the most. Uh, the, the best instance that I can think of just off the top of my head um, regarding a, a story that really, really stuck out was the story of um, Lake. Um, ah, yeah. And how he, 
um, how his parents, his parents were joined us on the podcast to, to talk Lake about. Lake was a young guy who Lake developed a, a thriving opiate addiction and very narrowly uh, escaped overdose. Right, right. And what really, really stuck out to me was the power of what I consider a higher power of, of God, of if you want to say the universe, fine, the universe. But when Lake was overdosing, um, he had uh, taken some drugs. He was overdosing. And I think his girlfriend was rushing him to the hospital, I think it was. Yeah, it sounds about right. Or a, a female friend or something like that. And um, there was something um, – Chris Wartez was um, his father, his father. And um, I, I forget exactly how the father and the grandfather just right. They, they l- literally luckily, right. Found, they, they got they in their come car racing by and they're right. like, holy. And what know. I, what I find was interesting was um, there, there was like something that Chris talked about. Like there was like a, like a stop sign or a stoplight or something like, and they were stuck at the stop sign for a certain amount of time. And it just so happened that everything lined up perfectly that day at that time to make it to where Chris was at the, the intersection when Lake was passing by that intersection or something like that. Everything lined up perfectly. And Chris was able to intercept Lake um, at the perfect time and get him onto the hospital where they were able to revive him with Narcan. And today, Lake is alive because of everything that happened in that situation. So it was, you know, it was, it truly was as though God or higher power or the universe, whatever you want to say, something was at play that was larger than man that day. And it just, it gave me chills to think about, you know, how, Everything just fell into place that day. Uh, and today, Lake is doing incredible. He's working at a treatment facility. Um, and, and none of that would have happened had every, every situation that day worked out exactly the way that it was supposed to. So, Punjabi, thank you so much for uh, reaching out for that question. I hope that uh, is a good indicator on that. Uh, Drew, do you have a, a specific instance that really sticks out to you? Regarding that, the the first few episodes that I did, there seemed to have, I had a number of people who were just regular Jane and Joe people, and I think the the collection of their individual stories, you know, stick and stick to itiveness, you know, some of them, you know, uh, from prostitution to prison. I mean, it, every seemingly stereotypical bad thing that can happen to you was experienced by some or all of those people. And it is moving to me to see people just stick to it and get the benefit of the universal law slash universal magic that good things happen to alcoholics and addicts who don't use. I mean, it, I've seen it proven so many times. It's, it's, 
it's nearly as ironclad in my mind as gravity. Really. It, it's astonishing. If we can just not use and continue not to use for consecutive days, you really don't have to do a great deal more than that to have a, a, a significant life change. Now, I've known people that were pretty miserable in long-term recovery, so it is possible. Don't don't think I'm just saying, well, Drew said I just didn't have to get high. I mean, <laughs> you you got to do a little bit more than that really to have it become meaningful, but you would be so surprised how people's lives are changed just by sticking to it and trying a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. One day at a time. One day at a time. Absolutely. All right, what's your next question? Hold, please. Well, this one kind of dovetails nicely. So Thomas asked, what's your favorite episode and why? Okay. I mean, that might almost be the same. I think my singular favorite episode is the one uh, with Zach or Zed, only because it was the kind of conversation that I I think is – uh, beneficial for people in recovery. Zach has learned, researched, fact-based opinions, and he believes in them strongly enough to defend them. I mean, I don't know that I was like trying to cross-examine him, but I was certainly asking questions that kind of challenged what he said and what he believed, and it was just a super interesting conversation. You know, there's nothing so much rewarding as talking to somebody who has passionate beliefs or talking to someone who has a passion that they want to share with you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even really matter what it is. I'm super interested in people who are super interested in something. Right. And I think it's fun to talk to them. And he uh, is a fantastic resource and a knowledgeable practitioner who I believe has spent uh, an appreciable amount of time trying to determine if the modes of his therapy are sound. And I think he, I, I think he is the kind of therapist that he is because he believes in the kind of therapy that he does. Right. And it's interesting to talk to him. And the episode is probably the longest of any, uh, this was before we implemented the fairly strict one hour limit, which is, which is, you know, reasonable. It is absolutely reasonable. So that one's probably my favorite episode. Awesome. I would say I did enjoy that episode a tremendous amount. Um, It's, it's hard for me to pinpoint one episode. There are, what about a favorite moment? Yeah. Um, Gosh, favorite moment. I don't know. Honestly, the um, the time when uh, Gracie and um, Haley Haley came on uh, and did the ice bath, as well as Jeff doing the ice bath, um, those those were some of the most memorable experiences for me because it was, you know, people trying doing something difficult and unique. 
Um, and Jeff, in, in his situation, that was the first time that he had ever experienced cold plunge. Um, and for me, being able to experience something with someone that's new, different, hard, hard. very difficult, um, was really, really magical for me. And I, I, anytime that we get to be up here in this studio talking with folks, that's a good time to me. Um, it's a real good time for me. Um, so it's, it is, it's difficult for me to pinpoint, um, one, one episode, like I said, there's something from every episode that really, really sticks out to me. And, and, um, that, honestly, that's what keeps me coming back week after week is, is being able to experience new and unique things with different people on a regular basis. It's something that, um, I hope that I never lose gratitude for because that's, it's something that, um, seriously adds to the, the quality of life that I experience in sobriety. Um, so, all right, um, uh, moving on, let's see here. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Van C from Roswell, New Mexico. Um, asks us, are there any upcoming episodes or guests on your podcast that you're particularly excited about and why? Well, um, we have a couple episodes coming up. We have one with, um, bridge to recovery, which is a, a, um, uh, treatment outpatient treatment facility here in Ridgeland. Um, and then we also have one coming up with, um, the McCoy house, uh, who's, uh, Denise Marster's, um, halfway house that she started um, and they're doing incredible work. And I am, I'm super excited to uh, get to hear that side of, of, you know, the, the wonderful things that, that they are doing and how they uh, treat people that are struggling with drugs and alcohol. Um, I'm super, super excited to talk with them about that. And that'll be coming up in the, in the next few weeks. Um, and I'm just, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, about the, the possibility of, of talking with people that are different from me, you know, uh, and not, not saying that that's bridge recovery or McCoy house, just people in and around the recovery community that, uh, Brian O'Shea is coming up. I'm super stoked. about That's going to be a good one. I'm super excited about that. Um, but I, I just, I love talking with people that, that aren't exactly like me. Um, I think it's, it's invigorating. It's, um, all, you know, it's, it's eye opening. Um, just to be able to talk with people that um, don't live exactly like I do, and um, and that's totally okay, and and I, I love that about uh, what we do here at the recovery labs. Well, and it it is true that the man who believes he's never wrong can never change. Right. Uh, you know, even if we have, if we're engaging in behaviors that are ultimately corrosive. You know, we oftentimes engage in those behaviors because they at least, I mean, we feel some measure of justified in doing them. Right. And we have to, you know, people have to confront us either lovingly or sometimes harshly. Absolutely. To interrupt that behavior cycle. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything, any episodes coming up that you're looking forward to? I look forward to all of them. Yeah. I really do. Uh, I mean, only because we've been talking about Bridge and uh, the McCoy House so much recently. That's what's in Brian O'Shea. Those are the ones that are stuck in my mind. But 
no, it's lots of good stuff coming. I mean, I don't think that I'm off base here saying it's some top notch content. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And you know, we we always we are learning and growing every single day, but we we certainly enjoy it. And if you enjoy something, you know, you're you're going to tend to to uh, excel in it uh, if you just stick with it. So Johnny <laughs> wants to know why can some people stop and some people cannot. That is a good question. And bluntly, I don't know. I wonder how much uh, time is spent by people who study this sort of thing. I mean, I wonder how much they look at that particular question. Surely there are some psychologists somewhere studying why did this person make it and this person did not. And then looking at what factors led to successful recovery and what factors do not. And I think it really is just a numbers game and there's no concrete answer to it because, you know, it's debatable as nature versus nurture. And I think there are things that increase the likelihood that you can recover and there are things that decrease the likelihood and I don't think any of those are as important as the actions taken by the person. So it is true that if mom and dad and grandpa and grandma drank and used drugs to excess, you know, odds are you are too. But I think if you took two people who have an equal amount of addiction in their genes and set them on equal footing. The person that does the most recovery oriented work is the one that's going to recover the most. Right. Yeah. I, I think it boils down to this. As it says in a pretty incredible book, some people are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. And I think that's what it boils down to is, um, some people are unable to be honest, and the people that are willing to be honest have a good chance of conquering addiction. Um, and I think it boils down to it. I think it is. It's a it's a numbers thing. You know, we had um, a uh, incredible person um, lose their battle this week, and um, you know I. It took me by surprise. This person was doing the deal, doing great work, involved in a lot of different aspects of recovery, and just led up on their spiritual program of action, and the their addiction snuck in and, and got them. Um, and unfortunately, that happens all too often with people, uh, especially with the rate at which fentanyl is is taking over the streets um, and other illicit drugs, um, there it's becoming commonplace for for people to overdose even more so than ever before. Um, so it's it's it is tragic um, that people succumb to their addictions, but um, it is something that will always. It will. I, I don't see a, a time when when we don't have to deal with this kind of thing. You know, 
the reason that drugs and alcohol are so prevalent is because they work and they are fun and they fix a problem for a long time. Oftentimes they are a solution for people that are struggling with trauma and people that are struggling with other issues, drugs and alcohol fix the problem. And when you have something that fixes a problem and then suddenly it stops fixing the problem, you are left very high and dry with a problem that is very difficult to address because on one hand you know that continuing continuing on this path is going to be futile and it's going to 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 end in in awful horrible stuff but on the other end you're i was holding on to the idea that maybe it will start to work again maybe if i just do it this way or just do it this way or you know I try every different angle for the for the drugs and alcohol to be a solution again to be a solution and it's unfortunately for for me I am an alcoholic and an addict and um drugs and alcohol are never ever going to be a solution for me so I had to go through the the withdrawals and the mourning of not having that best friend with me at all times and not having that that crutch to, to lean on. Um, and, and, you know, it, it takes time to mourn the loss of your best friend. And for me, drugs and alcohol were my best friend. And so it took time. Uh, and that's where, you know, long-term treatment really, really comes in and, and is very, very helpful. Um, because it can remove you from the drugs and alcohol for a short time and allow you, allow your brain to, to mourn the loss of, of your best friend. So, um, that's kind of a, long roundabout way of answering the question but um yeah that's that um next question go ahead okay um okay uh clay s from right here in madison mississippi asked um hang on one second yes i feel feel moved to say this do so so the young man who overdosed this week a local fella here i did not know him i knew who he was i didn't know him well i have been moved by how many people have posted you know things on facebook about you know i'm you know sharing anecdotes of experiences with him and doing this and doing that and i thought i wonder if he knew all the things that people would say if he died, if that would have changed his mind any. Now, I go back to what I said earlier. There's no magic words that are going to make somebody stop. But there are things we can do to increase the likelihood that they stop. And I guess I'm just taken by a sense of I, I don't tell people enough that I, you know, people I like how meaningful they are to me and we should do better about doing that. It begs the question, would, would that have changed if everyone that was commenting on his Facebook? Well, page, it can't hurt, you know, it, you know, uh, it does. It, it, it makes you wonder. Um, but I, I regarding this individual, um, I am of the belief that everything happens for a reason. And, um, and I believe that to my core, in every cell of my being. 
And I also believe that struggles and difficult times are necessary in order to be able to appreciate the good things in life. And I believe that there, if you choose to look at it, there is something positive that comes out of everything that's negative that happens. And for me, what helps me sleep um, at night, specifically regarding the loss of a close friend, is that maybe one person will be helped by them losing their battle. One person may look at this particular situation and say, you know what, this person was on their way to meet their sponsor later that afternoon and never made it um, because they, they, they decided to do that one last thing to, to do that one last, whatever it is. And oftentimes that one last thing can be the, the last thing that, that happens. So maybe as a result of this community's loss and this family's loss, one person's life, um, may be saved from, from his loss. So that's the way I choose to look at it. Um, that as a result of his loss, somebody is going to be helped and somebody's life is going to be saved. This is absolutely part and parcel of Drew's, uh, brick wall theory of belief and how beneficial it is to be reminded of things. So how many times did I know that I was going to treatment on Monday and I got lit TF up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you know, I'm gonna have a last two raw and all that. Look, the drugs that are out there right now will kill you quick, like, and in a hurry, right? That last two raw might be the last thing you ever do. Right. So just hear that, listen to it, put it in your brick wall. Right. Remembering that Drew said that may, may come back and help you. Or, and I'm sure that's probably the, Humpteenth time you've heard that, right? And so maybe look, the drugs that are out there right now will kill you, and that last two raw might be the last thing you ever do, right? So and you know there's unless you get a medication, unless you pick up a medication from the pharmacy, do not trust that it is there is pill no, mills are on the yes they're doing the most and right now. There have been lots of reports of Adderall, which is a drug that I loved. I love me some Adderall um, being laced with fentanyl. And so if, you know, if, if you enjoy, you know, a little Adderall every once in a while, or, you know, you needed to study or to get past a big, you know, whatever it is, do not trust that that is Adderall unless you get it from a pharmacy um, because it can be laced with fentanyl and it can be the last pill that you take on that. On needing Adderall to do that thing, look here. I have needed Adderall to do everything. And somehow, I have managed to achieve six years of being sober, not needing Adderall. And who would have ever thought? I'm more productive today than I've ever been. (laughs) Right. Chances are you have more more energy today than you did when you were on the Adderall. Absolutely. Yeah. More focus. More And look, I've got legitimate diagnoses for things that would make it so that I can go get an Adderall prescription and that shit's the devil. Mm-hmm. If you're taking it, you know, you shouldn't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's legal. Mess. You know, you're taking too much of it. <laughs> right. You know, you ran out early. <laughs> right. You know who you are. Yeah. 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 60, the pharmacist knows you ran out 60 early milligrams. Yeah. Three times a day. You know, I don't know, bro. Oh. Um, okay. 
Back to Clay S.'s question, um, who is in Madison, Mississippi. Uh, what message or advice would you like to convey to someone who is currently struggling with addiction or alcoholism and is seeking help? Don't give up. Don't give up, no matter what. Stick to it, man. You there, can do it. Yeah. The, the only way that you can fail is if you give up um, and if you stop, if you stop moving forward. Um, there are countless resources. There are, we, are, we are here for you. Message me on Facebook. You can message me. You can call or text me. My number is 601-672-6591. 601-297-3422. There you go. Hit if us you're, up. If you're struggling. We've got, we got the homies, man. We, we got do. the connections to get you into treatment. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can help your parents intervene on you. Absolutely. We, we got it all. Right. And, and by all means, if you are, you know, certainly thinking about, you know, unaliving yourself or things like there are resources. We, we were there. We were at the point where we thought that the only way to escape this hell that we were in was to unalive ourselves. Um, and please believe us when we say there, there are other options. There are things that we can help you with. Um, and so if, if, please don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and, and, you know, just it, all it takes is just a little bit of willingness to do something different. Um, and if, if you have that a little bit of willingness, then there's, there's a lot that can be done with that. With Hope that springs eternal. Don't give up. Absolutely. Don't give up no matter what. All right. That answers my, la- or my question. Drew, what you got? Well, this one isn't so much a question as it was just a, a statement. But Paul said, I knew I was drinking too much when I was 30, but didn't stop till I was 50. I wish I had stopped. And I assume he means I wish I had stopped when I was 30. And look, Paul, I've been there. This is another, uh, Drew's going to give some more of his, you know, philosophies. So this is what I call my off-ramp theory of recovery. I had a number of off-ramps where I could have gotten off the interstate of fucking my life up, but chose not to. (coughs) And if I sit around and think, gosh, if I had only taken that exit, you know, two years before earlier, I would have avoided this, 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 and this. And I allow myself to think about those things for precisely as long as it takes me to think, Hey, that's ridiculous. That is the most toxic thing somebody in recovery can get caught up in. It is the tar baby that will get all over you. So what I instead focus on is I am grateful that I learned the lessons that I did and stemming from the absolute, uh, inability to go back in time, I'm going to wrench as much benefit from my consequences and bad choices as I can so that I can move forward and either not make those mistakes again or help the next man who has made similar mistakes. Exactly. And when we can get something profitable out of our past mistakes, then we're really becoming a champion over addiction. I mean, you just, you summed it up perfectly there. You know, they're, I did so many horrible, awful things in active addiction. I was honestly just a, 
I was a real piece of work. And that's putting it very kindly. Um, I was a horrible father. I was a horrible husband. I was a horrible son. I was a horrible everything. I was horrible. I was toxic with a, with a capital T. Period. toxic. Period. <laughs> you needed to take several seats. I needed to take several seats. So, you know, it's it's only natural to to have thoughts of, oh, God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Or, oh, God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But every one of those horrible things that I did now uniquely qualifies to be able to help someone else that's going through or has gone through. Because there's somebody else thing. making an equally horrible decision right, right now. Right, right, exactly. That so, might need to hear. Right. I was a steamy hot piece of (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I, um, fortunately, you know, I I will have times when I'm driving down the road and I'm just, Oh God, I can't believe I did that. that, But you know, my, like you said, I'm very, very quick to snap out of that. Snap out of that. And, um, and, and, and immediately jump into gratitude. Cause that's really an invitation to the pity party. Right, right, right. And that's oh, woe is me. right, right. And I let's be honest, man. I loved, loved pity parties back in the day. I did. I loved it. I loved feeling horrible, and I loved rolling in my shit. It fuels the did. cycle of self defeating behavior. Yes, yes. And the victim mentality. Woe is if me. If you only knew if what I had been, only knew what I had gone through, you would have done the exact same thing. Well, you know what. That's not a safe place for me anymore. It's not safe. That's a, it's a that's bad a, neighborhood. It's a very, very bad neighborhood for me to get into. So today I, 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 I know and I realize that um, while it's okay to feel those feelings temporarily, I cannot act on those. I cannot react to those kinds of feelings and, and, and in fact, dive, I, in, dive, I, into the, uh, dive into rather. I challenge you to face those things and think to yourself not, Gosh, I wish I hadn't that hadn't happened or I hadn't done that. But think of a way. How can I make that story, that experience, that anecdote, how can I make that work for me in a meaningful way? Right. And I promise you, there's there are people who need to hear that experience, that anecdote, that story, and see how did you deal with it? How did you come around it? How did you get over it? How did Right. Yeah. How how can you how can you weaponize that for the benefit of recovery? And for those who I'm going to get on a soapbox here for for it. a second, for those of you who are perhaps in active addiction or maybe even in sobriety and thinking, well, I could never, I could never think of that thing as a, a positive. Well, here here I I challenge you to to hop on YouTube and look up internal family systems. And start looking at and listening to and watching videos um, that are about internal family systems. If you'd also like to, we also did a full episode with Russ Schulte, who was my old therapist, on internal family systems. And what you can begin to understand is that um, if, if you if you buy into the internal family systems method and, and ideology, um, you know it is based around we are made up of countless parts. Right. And there are there are there are all sorts of parts that handle all sorts of different things. There are firefighters. There You'll are, notice that Daniel very adeptly didn't say some were bad parts because under this under this system system, right. all parts have have a good are inherently are, are good, inherently good. Right. So when you can and I was so desperate that I was I was willing 100 percent to to 
to give this internal family system a shot. And because I was so, my, my default mode was to beat up on myself, period. My, my default mode was to beat up on myself and to talk down to myself and to, to completely and utterly beat the living crap out of everything that I did and overanalyze everything I did because, you know, God, if you just wouldn't act like this, you wouldn't do this and blah, 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 blah. And what Russ really began to, to teach me was every part that's, that's within me is doing nothing but trying to protect me. It's trying to keep me alive. That's what every part inside is doing. So when I began to think of, you know, all the, the, the awful crap that I did, now I'm suddenly looking at that awful crap as, okay, what was the part that was, that was responsible for that? How was that part trying to protect me? And suddenly I can start to kind of analyze how that part was going about trying it isn't to the protect part that's me. bad now that does not mean that some of the actions driven by a part can't be right parts can be misinformed can be misinformed right and parts can cause problems right but the underlying motivation is not malignant right right so when you when you when you walk through life with this with this um, stance that there is no inherent bad within me. It's all just parts trying to keep me alive and to try to keep me happy. Um, and, and that, that mindset has been um, instrumental in me being able to um, live life in a grateful way and wake up every day and be grateful for what I have instead of being angry that I don't have X, X, X or whatever. Today I'm able to, to really um, be on the level and, and not hate myself, which is something that, that I never thought that I would ever be able to do. Look, absolutely. And, you know, the internal family systems, which I'd never heard of until I met Daniel or until he told me about them. So, uh, I'll give you a where the rubber meets the road, like real world example of how this works. So I knew we were going to have Russ Schulte on, and I have never been to a therapist that engaged in internal family systems therapy. So I watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos and tried to wrap my mind around it so I could understand what he was saying and have some appreciation for it and then maybe ask him some decent questions. And it really gave me a new framework for how to analyze my reactions to things. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember what it was about. Maybe, maybe Kimberly and I had a disagreement about something and I could feel myself reacting in a way that I kind of intuited. I knew that it wasn't the best way to react right. and employing the internal family systems method. I thought, okay, I shouldn't come down on myself for reacting this way. I can appreciate that I'm reacting this way because it is one of my parts wanting to, I must feel that my core sense is being attacked in some way. And when you start looking at your reactions, you know, uh, filtered through that lens, you can really arrest some of your bad behaviors and, and the consequences that derive that are derived from impulsive actions. Impulsive actions. So there you go. That's, yeah, that's, it, it's it's definitely worth um, checking out if you go to uh, recoverylabllc.com. 
go to recovery resources uh, and you can, well, no, no, no. Recoverylabllc.com. You can go and see that, the episode from um, uh, Russ and then, you know, by all means, do some, do some research on the YouTube and, and look into internal family systems. I feel confident that it will help you in some way, shape, or form. So, all right, where are, let's see, we're at 48 minutes now. You want to do one more question? Yeah, I've got one. one. This one came directly to me, though. Okay. So Marge A (laughs) wants to know if it's boxers or briefs. This one's for you. Uh, (laughs) Boxers all the way. Boxers, okay. She'll be happy to know. She was very curious. And then... uh, I can only assume that this person's very attractive. Her name is Kimberly, and she wants to know if I'm married or single. Listen, <laughs> this is not a dating app. <laughs> this uh, isn't, uh, you know, Recovery Lab OnlyFans. This is, although, <laughs> this is very serious. And while I appreciate your asking, I'm happily married. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Kimberly. We appreciate you reaching out and and uh, and talking, asking that question. Um, yes, he is happily married. And, um, uh, so yeah. So, okay. Well, I think that, um, all in all, this has been a productive episode. You know, we were supposed to have John Taylor on and he had to, he's flying on a jet plane right now. Uh, he flies legitimately. Yeah. Like he flies for Amazon. So, um, while we are uh, saddened that he was unable to make it today, we'll get you back in and, and, you know, the universe's timing is perfect. So we'll get you in when the time is right. And, yeah. Look, and if he then, didn't do that, then right. Todd wouldn't get that uh, lightsaber. Exactly. That he, that he ordered on prime last <laughs> exactly, night. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, great. Well, I feel positive about today's episode. I think it was productive. We, and, look, we've um, got a number of questions that we didn't get to that we can. Yeah. We can, approximately 90 two or 93 questions we have a that we didn't get to today. Pile. Yeah. So we, we will do this again. Um, and, um, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and listening. And, um, if you would go and like, and subscribe to, uh, the recovery lab on, on whatever you're listening to right now, uh, whatever, uh, platform you're listening to. And, uh, we certainly appreciate it. So without further ado, we will wrap it up. So we will see you next week. And We're thank out. you so much.